Well, hello and welcome to the Create in Me podcast, uh, a conversation about the art at the heart of worship. Uh, Rebecca and I are very pleased to welcome uh, two very special guests to our conversation today. We have Justin Robuck, who is the uh, director of the Moravian Church Board of World Mission, and we have Dan Miller, pastor at Edgeboro Moravian Church in Pennsylvania. Uh, the two of these guys are, are friends and colleagues of ours. They uh, together are uh, at the head of what's understood, what's known, uh, what is out there in the world as the Moravian Church Without Walls, uh, which has a, a daily text podcast uh, read by, I don't know how many you're up to now, hundreds, scores, lots of different people lots, uh, reading, yes. reading the daily texts. The Moravian Church Without Walls has also hosted online forums for prayer meetings, for, for fellowship and check-ins, uh, and for Bible study. So Rebecca and I are, are just pleased to welcome you, and uh, thanks for being on our, on our podcast here. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we do have a few questions. Uh, we kind of bounced a few of these off you, so we're, we're not trying to blindside you or anything like that, but we really want to no, dig but I into- do have bruises from where those questions bounced off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we will have a podcast just on puns uh, at some point, uh, maybe. But for now, tell us a little bit about why and how was the Moravian Church Without Walls started, uh, just for people who maybe aren't familiar with that. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think that we're in our second decade of the Moravian Church Without Walls. Like we've gone over 10 years now. Wow. It was, I think, 2008, like late 2007, 2008, we had taking a trip to some young adults going to Nicaragua together. And part of that conversation, you know, just that kind of time, you know, we're sitting in this community and <laughs> in Nicaragua, like no electricity, no running water, uh, which was just a benefit, right. Of community and space. And we just talked about how powerful it was to be there and have some intentionality together, spend time in worship, spend time doing some devotions and just kind of lamenting the fact that not only would we just be this community breaking up, but, a lot of us in college were away from our, you know, spiritual communities that we'd grown up with. So we were kind of feeling like out on an island, a little isolated. Uh, and we're like, well, what what tools might be out there to help us stay connected? Uh, and it started with a, a Google site you know, back in the day that was pretty rudimentary uh, and put it together. And our first thought was like, well, what if we set up like you yeah, had devotional resources and um, recorded people doing sermons you could post on there that okay, if you're working Sunday morning, but you couldn't see it until Tuesday afternoon when you had a break from class, you could watch the sermon then and like do an online discussion board. And so it really began as just kind of what tools are there and what's free because we're college students, right? So like <laughs> what's free that we can put together, kind of email our friends, invite people into this and just start building some kind of community, really experimenting with ways that we could stay connected, even though we weren't physically in the same spot. Yeah, pretty much. And I think putting our, uh, I don't know what the word you used, Justin, was it rudimentary for our uh, first Google site? That was probably putting it kindly. We were working with what we had, especially back then. And now, I mean, it's kind of amazing to to hear it said that we're working on our second decade now. But, you know, there's so much other stuff that we have, you know, tried using some of which worked, some of which didn't. And, uh, but all of which are at our fingertips to, uh, keep us connected, but also to form new relationships as well, because, you know, we both know, or we all know that, uh, especially here in the Moravian Church in North America, that uh, we, we tend to get to know one another very well in different, uh, different retreats that we go to or synods that we go to or other gatherings. And, 
so we've had the experience of being connected through these uh, virtual ways and then actually having to an opportunity to meet that same person uh, not on a screen or or in words on a message board or anything like that, but actually in person when we do get together as Moravians. And so those kind of moments have been really kind of cool to uh, uh, foster uh, those relationships ahead of time. So that way, when we do get together for either celebration or fellowship or ministry, we can kind of hit the ground running from that. So it's been a really cool thing to see. You mentioned some of the things that you've done in the past and um Brian and I have been talking about in our conversations about worship, you know, kind of experiments that you try, things that you do. What have you tried in your 10 years plus of Moravian Church Without Walls? Like, are there any highlights, things that you've tried that you thought were really great? Are there any ideas that you thought would be really great that just didn't quite work out the way you hoped? But just what kind of are some of the experiments that come to mind? Yeah, and that's really how we've thought of it. Well, especially recently, I guess at first kind of had the the thought of, you know, we really need to make something big happen, you know, something lasting that will, you know, make an impact. But I think we saw over time that we can make an impact with using the word experiments, because we've used it too, uh, with experiments, with uh, kind of temporary things to see like, yep, we can do this idea. Now let's move on to the next one. And so that's kind of been our approach over the last few years. I think our longest lasting one was uh, using Google Hangouts as video conference calls. We kept that up for a long time. I mean, I think over a year and and we've still uh, a year regularly, kind of week after week, a, a regular group of us would get online to do different Bible studies or different prayer activities. I remember one time it was right after um, right after Hurricane Sandy as sort of a prayer exercise, we we wrote letters, um, not only to those impacted by Hurricane Sandy, but kind of as a different voice, almost as if we were God kind of writing to them and what kind of assurances and prayers would we wish to communicate to them. I remember doing one uh, liturgy online and I can't remember what, it was after some sort of disaster incident. I think it was after the, the Boston Marathon bombing, actually. Um, this is how long ago it was now that we did this, but it was as it was on TV, as the news was breaking, you know, we jumped online a couple hours later and we prayed a liturgy together in the Moravian Book of Worship. And it was just kind of surreal at that point to be praying this on a whatever weekday it was, um, not on a Sunday morning, but in our own homes while this is breaking on the news with the TVs on in the background where we could see the headlines going across the screen and praying these words, you know, hoping that God's peace would be felt in those, you know, areas. So, I mean, something like a Google Hangout, you know, we didn't know what the impact would be, but boy, I mean, you know, those moments stood out for us and I'm sure they did for the others in those, in those particular moments as well. And I mean, we've done a whole bunch of stuff too. And I don't know, Justin, maybe you can highlight something else at this time. Cause we, we've got a whole, uh, kind of a whole list of ideas that we've tried and, many of which have worked and many that we've just kind of moved on from too. Yeah. I think two that kind of stick out in, in addition to what you said, um, one being we did on March 1st, 2017, uh, it was a hashtag Moravian service. And so we just said, you know, let's see how broad we can get this and people that are doing service. And so instead of the idea of a selfie, you know, that you'd put on Facebook, like hold your phone out for yourself, take a shot with whatever duck face or kind of whatever you want to do there. What about pictures of, 
service instead of selfie a survey and just put hashtag Moravian surveys and just said put put out whatever photos you want it doesn't have to be from today but like something like to highlight and I mean it lit up <laughs> and I mean as much as something go viral within the Moravian world and just that day like scrolling through post after post of like hey here was this mission team that I was a part of 20 years ago to like hey here's you know us out serving the community helping somebody yesterday here's a reflection here's stories and the way people just joined in on that and got excited about it um and i mean part of that was then the impetus for what became um like a synod resolution on a, a moravian day of service that's going to be next like september 15th and in about that time frame so things that have kind of grown from those moments of like just sharing our our story together and the other like one in particular hangout and I'll admit that it was my week to put together this hangout. And usually it would be, hey, we'll put out the link and Tuesday night, Dan and I would trade off who's going to lead it. And I was I was like super busy. I was actually traveling. I was in Pittsburgh. And I was like, oh, we'll hop on. And my thought was like, you know what we'll do? We'll just pray. <laughs> we'll just pray together. That'll be good. And it was this kind of least planned one for me that I said, really, we're just going to ask everybody, go around. I guess can't really say a circle. I don't know. It's a boxes on the screen. So around the squares uh, and just what can we be in prayer for you about? And then we're going to pray. Um, and like, Brian, I know that you were actually on that one. Yeah. And it was four or five of us that that group had never been together in person physically. Like some of them had never met before they came on the screen that night. I mean, for me in particular, it was, it was just powerful to be like, yeah, earnestly how vulnerable people were willing to be when you just ask that intentional question of like, Hey, what can we be in prayer for you about? And it, and it didn't matter that we weren't sitting together physically. It mattered that like emotionally we were all invested in that moment connected. It wasn't about like, Oh yeah. Hey, I'm answering emails while I'm kind of doing this whatever, but just several people being together in that space. You know, one of the things I think Rebecca and I are finding is that as you, as you kind of pry open ideas about worship, you, you do also open up ideas about the church. Like they're very, very closely linked. I mean, for some people that, to say I'm going to church literally means I'm going to worship. And so I'm wondering if kind of the converse is true, that is, as Moravian Church Without Walls kind of pries open uh, thinking about the church, does that necessarily also open up ideas about worship? And in the examples you shared about, you know, midweek, spontaneous praying the litany in response to uh, an attack or know, a non-Sunday uh, gathering via Google Hangout for prayer. What are your thoughts on how is it different putting those kinds of experiments out there in, in the Moravian Church Without Walls format than maybe it would be in a more established, more, more bricks and mortar kind of church? I think that we have, we have a freedom, really, a flexibility. I mean, I think one of the things is we hit on, and I, I was even making a list of like four or five more things that we've done that we didn't even get to list in there, of that idea of we've really wanted to focus on experiment and really relieving that pressure from ourselves of like, hey, if that was great, not feeling like we need to do that and only that forever. Yeah. Or if it failed to be like, well, we should never experiment again. Right. We were hosting you know, Tuesday night gatherings that Dan and I knew we'd be there, but we didn't have a sign up. If one other person showed up, it was awesome. If it was the two of us, you know, we would talk. If it was 10, that was great. And, you know, like if you try and do some of these things in church, sometimes it is like, okay, well, how do we get our boards on board with it? Do we have the day? Do we have the space? Can we get people to come out? 
And then you feel, I think, this pressure of like, well, how many people are going to show up? And was it worth it yeah. to even turn lights on or, you know, keep the building to have four people come out? And you can yeah. feel disheartened by, I think, something that in this form can be like, hey, four was great. <laughs> and not feeling the pressure of that. Or even going bigger and not being limited by location or geography. I mean, some of the studies we did last year, we'd have, you know, 35 people on from a couple countries, five or six different states, I think seven one night. Yeah. And it's like, okay, this group would never have had the chance to gather together. We wouldn't buy the plane tickets mm -hmm. to go, but we have, we have that space and let's try it <laughs> and just kind of be open to it. So I think that's one of our, our biggest, I guess, just relieving that pressure really allows, allows for that experiment, allows us to say like, Hey, let's try and dig into this. And if it doesn't work, let's try it a different way next time. Yeah. I think also, I mean, the, the, I don't know what the level of expectation is for, for new people kind of coming in. I, I don't know if they, they come in saying like, you know, we, we've heard it said that, you know, people coming in for the very first time to use technology in order to worship or study or things like that, you know, don't really know. They're a little hesitant because they don't really know how they're going to connect. You know, it's just really going to be the same. And I think because of that, since this is new, we kind of can kind of blow people's expectations away, I guess. Like there's room there's room uh, in those expectations to, uh, to kind of, I don't know, make a, a new perception um, and think about things in a different way. So when we have new people come on, we say, you know, okay, this is going to be different. It might be a little bit to get used to because if you're talking online, you know, kind of like on a, on a phone call or, or whatever, you know, you might have some background noise that might interrupt a conversation. You know, you might have people trying to talk over one another because you don't know who's going to, you know, say what. You can't really read body language, you know, as well. You know, there might be some technical difficulties or, you know, or, or somebody else, uh, somebody else doesn't mute their mic and so you get some weird echoes or something like that. But we state that right up front and saying, look, this is this is kind of what it is. We're going to get used to this. This is a new way of meeting. And I think once people kind of grab hold of that and say, oh, OK, yeah, there's going to be these things that happen and that's OK. You know, they're going to be pauses of silence because we're trying to figure out who's going to talk next. Don't view that as awkward. View that as that's just how this is. You know, that, that's a part of what we're doing. It's a new rhythm to get used to. But once you're used to that rhythm, we can really connect. And I think there's something about connecting in your own space with other people that makes it kind of special too. That you know you can experience something with others in the same chair that you would watch TV in, or something like that. So, like the holy can come to you in those spots that you might not even think it's even possible. So I, I think we've really. Uh, it opens some people up to to worship and, and study and things and have conversations with others in new environments. And I think people have walked away from that with a very positive feeling. Yeah, I think just one thing I would add to that, too, is that listening to your podcast, The Create Me, you know, one of your early episodes, you talked about kind of like the televangelist idea or people had said like, oh, yeah, I worship, you know, watching one of these worship services at home online or kind of things. And I mean, I think part of our evolution has gone from we started with like, hey, let's get and we have you know, a couple of people who are bishops now did uh, sermons, had some of these people that we thought like, hey, maybe they, they can put together a sermon. We can post it online. Well, that was not bad, but it didn't kind of meet the need of what we were looking for in itself of like, yeah, let's just get record other sermons and put them up there. 
and just kind of take in. I think the church without walls really is about like, we want to interact together on this. So it's, it's not, yeah, a webinar series of just me teaching you. It's, Hey, if we're coming together, maybe I put together some questions, but it's really all of us together creating that worship experience and space and contributing to it in an intentional way. I think that's yeah. one of the yeah. questions that we kind of looked at in terms of, um, kind of our focus on worship is how, when you created um, the Moravian church without walls, but was worship one of the things that people missed in their experiences in connecting around worship or was it more, more the connecting around a, a specific topic or a study? And I think you've kind of touched on it a little bit, but like how much, how much of it for you was to say like, we need worship in our life and we want to be able to share it together yeah, I, well, I think, I mean, it was kind of part of the whole, but at the same time, we came into this with an approach of, you know, we're not trying to replace anything that you're currently doing. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't want this to be your only interaction with church and be it a passive interaction as well. You know, we, we don't want this to, to impact your thinking so that you might think, oh, you know, I don't have to go to my church anymore because I can just access this from my computer at home. I mean, this, like, we, we have very intentionally made all of these, uh, all of the ideas or experiments that we've come up with have been in community with one another. And, and it's not just one person talking to everybody and just kind of feeding them. Um, everything that we've tried to do has kind of been a two-way street of, of communication. We want to include others. We want to give them a voice and we, we want to give them something that they could perhaps share with the others that they're still in community with in their own, uh, in their own congregations. And in addition to that, we've also heard from Mor- displaced Moravians, those that have moved away from home, you know, that are in states uh, that do not have Moravian churches, and yet they can still feel a part of the Moravian body, you know, while still interacting with the body of Christ that is with them at the local level in a different congregation too. So they can still get that both and experience in there. So yeah, we've been very upfront in saying this is not, this is not meant to replace anything that you do as far as uh, in a congregation in person. I'm thinking back to the Create Me podcast again about worship as relationship. Like that, that was it. I mean, it, it was a group of people. I mean, the first conversation happening on a mission trip in Nicaragua, a community that formed in me. And like, why does this feeling of good community and the connections that we have, you know, that's so deepened by our common faith, like, why does that have to end just because we are not physically in the same space? Like, let's not let that be. Like, let's just not let that happen. And I mean, this really, for me, as I've heard more about it, you know, trying to say, oh, this is a new thing we want to try. That like Moravians have known for centuries that to be part of a community, to be in a relationship with one another doesn't require being in the same space physically, but it does need to be nurtured by contact. So whatever that contact looked like, I mean, in as much as it could be worship or worshipful, right? I mean, I think that was part of it. The intentionality around our faith being connection, because there's a million other ways we could have just done video chats in general to kind of catch up with one another, send each other memes. I don't even know if memes were around in 2010, but like that we wanted to be intentional about this, you know? And I mean, like Moravians, again, just my excitement about this, when I heard about um, my German's terrible, but the Gemeinnach Richten was essentially Moravian Twitter. It was people in these mission areas, like writing off quick letters, you know, day after day of like, Hey, the chickens are doing well. And they had eight eggs today, (laughs) you know, the next day. And these like, 
small details, but when it added up, you really felt like you knew these communities that were across the oceans that were literally like life journeys away that you may never meet or connect, but felt like, no, the work we're doing to support that is important and I feel connected to it. I think that's what we were looking to, to set up and engage any ways that we can connect together. I mean, and worship flee, worship fully, not, not even if it's not a traditional worship setting or service when we come together. Well, and I think it also echoes the power of the 24 hour prayer that's been happening in the Moravian church for so long that there were people all throughout the world who knew, even if they didn't ever talk to anyone else, that there was somebody somewhere praying for them and thinking about their work and their ministry. Um, and I think that that does have a profound impact on, on the ways that we kind of engage and on the ways that we sort of experience the days that are difficult or the days that are full of joy that we trust that people can, can share in that, even if they don't fully understand what's happened. I mean, so that's kind of a cool, a cool part of our history and our heritage that we, that we also bring into that, you know, just thinking about the power of praying together, even if we're not all in the same room, you know, Jesus doesn't, uh, for lots of reasons, doesn't reference uh, video chat prayer, but I think where two or three are gathered, you know, like there's no rule about how that gathering must take place. And I think that's just really cool. It strikes me as something really valuable. And I wonder too, sometimes like people that haven't heard as much about the Moravian church without walls, like if, if this will be something that they kind of go, Oh, I didn't realize that this is sort of to enhance and supplement and support um, the work of the local church. Because I think that that's, that's important to so many people. Um, that the local parish kind of model is is supported and encouraged, and that these kinds of things can can really continue to do that and help us to make maintain connections where it would be impossible if everybody had to gather in the same place at the same time. And I think, I mean, so even as you said that, like you know, Jesus doesn't mention it explicitly in Gospels, but I think of, I mean, the letters that Paul writes, right? I mean, you can hear the longing in his heart of like, I wish I could be with you physically, even though I'm here and I'm gonna send this person to you. I mean, <laughs> I kind of wonder what Paul would do if you had been like, oh my gosh, somebody in Corinth and somebody in Ephesus and somebody like you guys need to meet each other. Like, let's hop on a video chat and, and strengthen one another, right? Like be built up um, in faith by one another. And, and I mean, I think that gets back to too, when we said the pressure that comes off of what we're doing. One of the things we did was hold a camp check-in. So we invited people from Van Ness, from uh, Tar Hollow, Mount Morris, Camp Hope, Laurel Ridge, and said like, hey, come together. And we had people from all of those camps on after a summer had not met each other, but had some interest of like, oh, there's other communities that had an experience kind of like mine and that was powerful they shared what they learned about camp talked about some songs they sang it was really informal but again there was no pressure on us to like we need to create some engaging content that high school college age people want to engage with it was no like this wonderful ministry is happening <laughs> and i've had a chance i've been lucky enough to visit um, all of those like campsites and places and to be like y'all should know each other <laughs> like let's try and bring some of that together and how does that yeah that sharing help enhance engage um adapt whatever it might be and so it doesn't need to be us again initiating all of that but like you were talking about if it's a congregational level or any of these gathering places just creating a space a forum like 
hey, let's get together and just chat about it and see informally something really powerful might come out of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of envisioning a, a scenario where a congregation, a board of elders talks to some of the shut-ins, you know, people whom for one reason or another, they can't get out and, and physically engage in community, buying them Chromebooks and getting them connected and teaching them how to use it. And, you know, you get some pushback sometimes generationally, but what if you, what if you sat down with those, those elders and said, this is a digital pilgrimage. It, yes, it's a difficult thing, but you're going to learn. We'll teach you. We'll walk along. I, I don't know. That's just like a light bulb that kind of popped that, that, that would be, I can think of specific shut-ins congregationally who absolutely, if, if you could figure out how to get them a Chromebook, get them connected with some of these opportunities for fellowship, for prayer, for study. I think that would be a really meaningful and enriching uh, experience, which kind of leads me to this question of future, future steps and the Moravian Church Without Walls moving forward. In some ways, I think we do feel that what you've done is, is a bit of a um, kind of a, a going first, you know, a bit of a trailblazing, charting a little bit of a path forward for some of these new kinds of technologies and medias to be experimented with. What are your thoughts? Do, do you have a sense of, um, of that as a little bit of a, of a burden, you know, in terms of setting an example or, you know, we can learn from some of your experiments maybe that you feel didn't work. You know what I mean? You, you kind of, I think when you go first like that, you get to make all the, the first mistakes. I mean, everybody will make their own, but what is your sense of, you know, the Moravian Church Without Walls, I think we had used the word of kind of an ecosystem for other kinds of new ministry, new media ministries to, uh, to come and, and, and try and experiment themselves. Do you guys, do you have an explicit sense of that? I think part of the burden which you, uh, which you mentioned for us is that, you know, there is so much that we could do. And we're so, I mean, we're doing this on our own time. You know, I'm a pastor, Justin's an executive director. I mean, this has all been for the last, you know, over 10 years, all been extra. And, uh, and yet we've, you know, we've kind of come up with, with all of this. I mean, I, there, there are many other ideas in which that we've uh, kind of journaled them, I guess, so to speak. Well, and in, true church without walls ways, you know, on Google drive. So it's virtually, but uh, <laughs> we've had visions, uh, uh, just different ways of integrating, maybe integrating camps together since Jess and I have always been involved with our camping programs. Um, and uh, you know, we've been involved in talking about, well, maybe different podcasts or different, different studies that we could do. And, uh, and perhaps even other, sometimes it just kind of works out that a, a program that just kind of falls into our lap that we, that we end up experimenting with, uh, whether it's Google or Facebook or Instagram, or, I mean, you know, we haven't even touched so many of, of the things that have come out since we've, we've started, but, uh, um, you know, th there's, it, it all depends. I mean, there's more stuff even at our fingertips that we could use potentially, that there could be far more that we could try, but the, the, the kind of the, the neat thing about being in what we've kind of coined ourselves as the Moravian think tank um, is that uh, we have a lot of flexibility too. And so if something just kind of either comes to us or comes to somebody else and say, Hey, could you, you know, help us out with this? Or what did you do with this in, in order for us to do that? You know, those are the type of conversations that we really enjoy having. Um, and it's happened in the past before. I mean, we've had, 
mission teams use our, you know, the stuff that we've set up with video conferencing to, uh, to meet, meet, I'm using air quotes, but it doesn't show up audio, uh, to meet ahead of time so that they can come together as one mission team wherever they, they are. And uh, so I, I think we're just, we're really excited to see just how some of the stuff that we have used can make an impact in the future. Some of that stuff we maybe have an idea of, but I think the exciting part is a lot of it, especially with the rate that technology is changing and transforming, a lot of it we don't know yet, and that can be kind of exciting too. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things that I would add to that too, is that I mean, if there's, if there's a burden uh, to me, it's that every once in a while I do get messages from people being like, hey, are you still doing the weekly thing? Hey, are you doing this? Or, you know, bits and pieces mm-hmm. of different experiments we tried saying like that one really resonated with me could that continue i mean so to try and not feel that burden of we need to make sure all of these things <laughs> are continually going up and running but that there is some need some desire there and how do we not ignore that either i mean in the midst of of the different pieces but even as we like i've lost track of how many <laughs> on google drive on a couple of different places the number of like brainstorming lists we have of like questions, <laughs> ideas. I mean, things that now technology have made moot because we can do it so much easier, whatever it might be, which is exciting to me to look back at. But I would love 10 years from now to look back and just see like a line of experiments and like in their wake, just like other little things that developed tangentially off of that. Right. I mean, and we haven't really talked about the podcast yet. I'm hoping we get a chance to like the daily text podcast. Right. I mean, it's kind of like, Hey, we're an experiment. We're going to try from this. And when we started that, you know, in March of 2018, just kind of somewhat, I mean, that's a pretty story. Like just other people interested have kind of like popped up, I don't know, like I was out of like the woodwork, but like have kind of come together, like formed a little group of like, Hey, I'm kind of interested. How's that working? How can we go from there? That's what I'd love to see. I mean, let's, let's just try a bunch of stuff. And if other people that have passion around these specific things continue to, to grow them and to grow off and, you know, I don't think we need to have the Moravian Church with all the walls, like bumper sticker on any of those or like naming rights or something like that. But it would be cool. Just like, yeah, hey, this kind of grew out of this tree, right? Like planting a seed, having some of the roots, some of the vines and things that branch off of it. It's been interesting. I mean, we were, you know, Brian and I were part of that conversation about podcasting because you, you both certainly uh, started it out like that was an idea that had been sort of in our heads thinking about the possibility, but it was helpful to have somebody who had done it first. That's so exciting because the whole idea about being without walls is that there, there aren't the same kind of boundaries um, between us and between our projects. And, you know, just the idea that you can bring together lots of different ideas about how to use a particular piece of technology in a way that's helpful to the church for now. And I know that there are lots of people looking for things like that, ways to, ways to use what is at our fingertips as a tool to, to connect us um, to the deeper truths of what, what we're doing as Christians in the world and how our witness can be experienced in different ways. I mean, I really applaud you both for trying things and for leading that on and sort of wonder how are you seeing yourselves as developing leadership for the church without walls? Like, do you see other people that are kind of in your, um, sphere of influence that are coming about with ideas. How does the Moravian Church Without Walls encourage them and give them give them space or 
help to kind of take on some of the things that that have been happening or that might happen later so that it's not all you know it doesn't all come down to well if Justin and Dan can't do it it can't be done because I know that there that's not happening there are things that are happening outside of that that are kind of going on are there things that you're excited about that you see kind of coming in the future or people that that have ideas that are coming up that you're excited about kind of seeing blossom well, something, I mean, like even going back to when we were doing our like video calls every Tuesday night, right? There was a group of kids from camp, like young adults who were like, Hey, can we do something like that? Like our group of friends get together, you know, even if that time doesn't work, like, and literally it was, okay, we developed a website and had the link that was there and they totally could have done it through another form, but they decided kind of through us saying like, yeah, Hey, you know, here's a defined website. We'll meet at this time and connect and got to talk with them about how, they were doing their own kind of devotional practices and things. And it wasn't something that we set up or connected. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think part of it will continue to be, I mean, like I talked about not branding stuff or trying to hold on too tight to like, this needs to be under the Moravian church without walls. If it's something that's like a new technology driven ministry piece, I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if we mm-hmm. need to like disciple <laughs> two new people to be the head of church without walls and in, in 10 years and, carry on that name you know kind of like mascazoro kind of thing like (laughs) (laughs) but or if it's just like no this is just venue dan and i have used to do some experimenting and we hope that other people use whatever venue works for them to experiment as well i mean we haven't talked too much about that i'd be interested actually i'm gonna listen in as dan talks about this now something about the same thing of like it is that something is this even like enough structure to try and hand somebody off and be like no, you need to create an experiment every year in ministry to like uplift, you know, to have the pin of Moravian Church Without Walls or something. Or just, are we just trying to say like, hey, for the length of time that we're interested in it, we're going to keep in doing stuff. And we hope that that's enough of an inspiration like for others to continue. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Answer that. And two things come to mind with that. Um, We've seen people use like maybe not, give us direct credit or contacted us to figure out like, Hey, how do you use this? But we've seen people use the same programs that we have in very similar ways. And uh, it kind of informal conversations. They have told us that it was because we, we had done it and it seemed like it worked that they would try it. So, I mean, like Justin said, with, uh, with many of the other uh, there, there are a few other groups that have met online and have done, you know, studies similar to us on their own. I know of now churches and other people, I mean, Besides our podcast and and now this podcast, um, there are there are other podcasts out there that are that are done by Moravians, and there are a few other Moravian churches that also use the same program that we both do um, to put out their services for people to to listen to. And that happened, you know, after we were all on that program. Um, we've also seen groups of people step up to to help us out with a few of the the regular things. Um, so. In our studies, instead of having one person lead a, a six-week study and lead each of those sessions for six weeks, you know, now we, we kind of have a, a, I guess, a go-to group that we can go to to say, hey, would, you know, here's, let's come up with a theme. And once we have the theme, let's have you take a week and you take a week and you take a week. That way, you know, it's shared between us all. Um, also with our podcast, you know, we have a group of uh, kind of regular readers that have taken on either regular dates in which they appear on the podcast or once in a while take 
clumps of dates and go from there. And you both are involved in those groups too. So um, that has certainly helped us out, especially with the, with the stuff that for the time being, at least, you know, do have a, a more regular life to them, whether it be daily or in these chunks of weeks of, of meeting together online and things like that. We don't at this point have, you know, like an apprentice waiting in the wings or anything like that. Um, I, I, that's not really how we've, I guess, structured ourselves. But, if, you know, if there's someone out there that's interested in what we do or has another idea or anything like that, I mean, you know, we are all for working with others to make this happen. Because, you know, like I said, in one of our burdens, I mean, there's so much that we could be doing with all of the uh, the online resources that we have with worship and study and prayer and things like that. And so, you know, the more people that we have working together to, you know, connect us all, the better. So if there's anyone out there, you know, listening that is interested, let us know. And, we'll, you know, we're, we're happy to, to work and share and with you and, and all that stuff. Well, the Moravian Daily Text podcast really seemed like a, a leap in terms of, of effort, of, of a, of, a, of a real commitment to, you know, something new happening every day. Whereas prior to the daily text, you know, it was, it was episodic. It was, you know, here's an idea for a Bible study. Let's put our heads together, figure out how to do it and do it. Um, the Google Hangouts, uh, the daily text, that's a major commitment, you know, providing that content every day, uh, like you said, and looking for volunteers, people to be involved. How did, how did that come about? Like, like how did that idea to make that kind of a leap, where did that come from? Yeah, I think in, was it 2015, Dan, you and I had our strategic planning meeting and put out our three-year plan and we slowly put together a plan. No, not. (laughs) Literally. So our first episode was March 1st, 2018. And the first time we ever talked about doing a podcast was 24 hours before that. And it was literally like, I was updating some apps on my phone. And it was like, hey, app of the day, the suggested one, like make your own podcast. And I was like, Dan, you want to play with this? Do you want to just, I want to see how easy this might be. And we play with it a bit and we're like, well, hey, tomorrow is the anniversary of the Moravian Church. Do you want to put together kind of a fun episode about it? And we did and saw just kind of how easy that was. I mean, we hopped on, recorded and we're like, well, what if, what if like the daily text, you know, if we did kind of reflections on that, there's content developed, what would that look like? And so literally we're like, let's put one together for the second. I'll do the second, you do the third or whichever way it was. And then for the first week, we're like calling friends to be like, hey, you want to be the guest reader? You want to be the guest reader? And I think it was like 10 days in before we had like a repeat that Dan and I were doing the things. But to be honest, it's so (laughs) to me now looking back, you're like, okay, we've thought no plans into this, but should we start a podcast and basically make a promise we're going to continue doing this forever? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and to see how it goes. I mean, I think we did have, we talked, you know, like, hey, let's try it for the month of March. And if it's really just not dying, if nobody's listening to it, if it's too much, we'll we'll let it go. But it was pretty much just kind of a, I mean, snap of the fingers, like, what do we want to give it a shot here? And I mean, for this, honestly, I do need to, like, just give a whole bunch of props to Dan. Because I think a lot of our stuff sometimes comes this way. I think my my default is, like, to dream maybe too big, too fast in the sense of, like, Dan, for the rest of our lives, let's do a podcast now forever. <laughs> and, and Dan helped, like, make it make it doable, but also make it better, right? Of like, hey, if we go about this and here's the sign-up sheets, like, these are the logistics we need to make this doable on a day-by-day kind of basis. So, I mean, kind of that, that team component, I just have a lot of fun, yeah, kind of doing it, even though it is a daily kind of thing. 
I don't know from Dan's side how that is. <laughs> sure, Justin. That makes me mad. You're going six weeks out of every eight. Like, sure, I'll take it. But, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you're the one, Justin, that, uh, you know, records. Because, I mean, we record from our smartphones just like what we're doing right now. I mean, and I, I haven't really done any recording. You know, I, was, I mean, it's been in my home or, you know, in my office, but I mean, you're the one that's, you know, recorded in an airport terminal, like in O'Hare while they're making all these announcements and stuff like that. And it kind of like adds to the feel of the podcast. But I mean, you know, yeah, at first, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't perfect. I mean, we were we were learning what we were doing and all that stuff. And, and you know, we want to be polished. Yeah. But it just kind of what our mentality has been with all of these experiments, you know, it doesn't, doesn't have to be perfect you know the content is there um you know our our willingness is there let's just do it so there you know there, there's a day or two where you know our scheduling gets mixed up or you know something happens and our our episode doesn't get released or um something like that happens but uh you know for the most part i mean we've now done this for over 250 episodes um and it's it's really been a kind of a neat thing and it's also you know added to our experience of the daily text too which is you know also what we've we've been about you know we're we're not replacing the daily text we're we're celebrating it by doing this and uh we've become even more acquainted with it and can really come up with that i mean when we were doing this at first it took it took a little bit of practice to you know get a a minute reflection you know we wanted to get in and get out be kind of quick but yet be meaningful and it took a while to kind of get the hang of that and now pretty practiced in that and it's kind of neat to see which direction it is that we that we go and you know sometimes when we record an episode and it comes out days or you know a week or so later sometimes we surprise ourselves because we forget what we say and uh it, it's just a neat experience to be able to do that day after day and then include people in on that as well um, so that they can participate not only by listening, but by giving their own thoughts and reflections too. Yeah. I think that's been one of the most powerful things is the number of people who have signed up, maybe even learned a new technology to help, you know, download an app specifically on the phone and send in their messages for it. But also, yeah, we, I mean, we've had, we're up to like what 270 episodes, I think, at the point that we're recording this podcast now, and we've had hundreds of people that have been guests. I mean, that includes going to camps and having like 70 campers at Shatek sing a song that was written by a Moravian songwriter, right? As the reflection for it. getting that permission, like in this community that we can do, and individuals that just kind of day after day put it in and choose dates that are meaningful to them. To we've had two in the last uh in like a week's time frame where it was people celebrating um things related to like the deaths of their parents and it was moments of like how can like this is something i'm thinking about this day i don't know how i could share it oh this is an appropriate way of like this is what i'm reflecting on and that's the lens i bring to the reflection of the texts that come out today and then hearing it from you know a pastor in peru offering his reflection and sharing it and just giving some of those different pieces of youth heritage tour from all over the unity can't like i don't know i mean to me that kind of just meets our <laughs> our goals of experimenting and we'll keep going as long as we have energy around it and people have energy to hear it it's great quickly before we go can you tell us how people can get in touch with you if they have ideas or if they want to be on the moravian daily text podcast um, where should they go to look for information about that? Depends on what you're looking for, I guess. But uh, for the podcast, anyway, we have uh, a special website that you can go to called dailytextpodcast.org, um, where you can 
look to see what it is that that you can do by recording. So basically on the podcast, what we ask people to do is read the text, read the prayer that goes with it, and then give a 60 second or less reflection on it. And then we take it, we edit it, and then we release it. Um, So all of those guidelines and suggestions and things like that are on dailytextpodcast.org. And you can sign up for any day or multiple days that you would like to be on the podcast. Also at that website, it walks you through uh, downloading the app that we use and and everything else like that. So everything you need to know uh, will will be there for you. That is kind of a, a subpage of our larger webpage at moraviancww.org. And you can also get, uh, get to us by our Facebook page as well uh, by searching uh, the handle moraviancww or just Moravian Church Without Walls. There's also, keep an eye out, I forgot about this for the podcast, keep an eye out for next, uh, the, the next issue of the Moravian Magazine. Think daily text featured and we'll have an article about our podcast in in the magazine as well. So keep an eye out for that too. That's great. Well, thank you guys so much for coming and joining us on our podcast and for um, sharing a little bit about where it's come from and what your work is continuing to look like. And so we just really think it's great to be a part of the growing podcasting Moravian community. Hopefully we'll have more opportunities for conversations about how this particular technology is, is working for us and in different ways people can use it. We're happy to cross-pollinate with you all in in this podcasting world. Good. It's been a great conversation. We'll look forward to more. We just listened to this episode of Create in Me. And I guess if you're listening to this, you just did too. This is a really good podcast and it's awesome to have another podcast in the Moravian family. I can't wait for the next episode. Completely agree totally gets at the art and the heart of worship. But while we wait for the next episode, do you think everyone listening to this knows about the Moravian Church Without Walls Daily Text Podcast Series? Well, if they don't, I hope they do when they listen to this. Each day, a new episode comes out, complete with a New Testament verse, an Old Testament verse, a reflection, and a prayer, all found in the Moravian Daily Text each day, and all in about five minutes per episode. Yeah. And I mean, it's available on all kinds of podcast hosting platforms, or they can listen to it and learn all about it at dailytechpodcast.org. Plus, if they have something to share, they can actually be on the podcast. If they use the same link, they can sign up, choose a day, and be a reader on the podcast. A daily devotion, plus a chance for every listener to be on the podcast, seems like something they should look up, listen, and subscribe to today, wherever they get their podcast. Dan, do you think the listeners caught on that this is kind of a commercial. What do you mean? I thought we talked like this all the time. Well, in that case, join audience of listeners today by searching Moravian Church Without Walls. Thanks for listening. You can check us out on Anchor and on other podcast platforms. Drop us a line with ideas, feedback, or thoughts at moraviancreateinme at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram at Create and Me. Special thanks to David Melby Gibbons, Rachel Marie, and John Robinson for our theme music. Check them out on Facebook at Dust of the Saints and at rachelmarie.com. And don't forget to keep on creating and being creative.